The gospel's got to be central to everything we do, every church plan, everything. It's amazing how we can get off on other things. Though we would give mental assent to the gospel is central, we spend a whole lot more time looking for a building space or trying to find that perfect children's lead, you know, lead worker or get our worship team together or get a freaking sound system that sounds like something from this century or, you know, right? We spend a lot of time working on stuff that's not that, but we really do believe gospel is core to everything we do and are as church, that the gospel of Jesus is not just a starting point, but it's the middle and it's the end. to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Wow, I can't even believe it. Here we are. We're back. We're back together again. And you know what? I really can't believe. I can't believe we're already well into July. Like, wasn't it just Christmas? I got to get those Christmas lights down. <laughs> no, actually, it's, you know, depending on uh, what order you're hearing these episodes of the Everyday Disciple podcast, uh, it was just uh, 4th of July last weekend, right? And I, uh, I can't even believe it already. And I'm still kind of waiting for summer. It hasn't, out here in uh, Seattle land, we have not really gotten that sort of heat of summer that makes us feel like we're really there. I mean, we've had some nice warm days, but... Yeah, and, and today it's kind of overcast again and a little windy, and it's it all feels like a long, long spring, though I can't, it's not been super rainy or anything. I don't know. Anyway, how about you? Did you have a good 4th of July? Did you see lots of evidences of grace and cool stuff going on? Uh, Tina and I did. We had uh, man, so many different interactions, things going on all throughout the weekend with loads of people of peace and family and friends of family and new friends of new family and all that kind of stuff. It was amazing. Uh, we got to do a uh, big old ice cream social here in our own neighborhood, all pre-wrapped things to be safe, right, in everything. But man, oh man, <laughs> people and kids came out for that. And we did that right before the most amazing fireworks show I think that's ever happened in, well, for certainly our neighborhood. But man, this is like city-level hugeness. I probably mentioned this in the past. but And you know what else I got to do uh, kind of over the weekend is I got to have uh, lunch with my brother Heath. So Heath says hi. He's missing everybody on the podcast, but he's doing well and uh, moving forward with all kinds of cool projects and new things. So stay tuned on all that. But uh, glad to be back with you. Um, got a special kind of episode for you coming up here, part one and part two, actually. But before I get into that, and explain what you're going to hear, I wanted to just, again, invite you to uh, join the party over on Facebook in our Facebook group. If you go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash Facebook, or just go to Facebook and search Everyday Disciple, you'll find our group, and join up, and, and like join the conversation, bring questions. It's sort of my easiest way to stay in touch with everybody, but it's also a lot of great dialogue going on as a community, people learning forward together and lots of good ideas and all that. The other thing I want to ask you to do, if you've not subscribed to the show yet, to the podcast, would you do that for me? Would you just take a second and actually subscribe? That way you don't miss episodes. And if you're you know, listening on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're calling it these days, uh, would you do me a favor and also, it'll probably take you a whole 30 seconds. Would you just do that like right now uh, and go there, subscribe, and leave a review? 
We haven't been getting a whole lot of reviews lately. I like to read those when those come in. And I know there's a whole lot of platforms going on, so that might be the case. But if, if you are like half the world at least listening on an Apple device, would you go right now and do me that favor and sort of pay it forward but back to me <laughs> and leave me a review and some stars and all that? I'd appreciate it. And there's a good chance that I will read uh, your review off, okay, on the air, and that'll be an awesome thing, okay? So today, I'm kind of, it's almost like a new tradition getting started here. Uh, two summers ago, um, because we were kind of busy, and it's summer, and it's hot, and we're doing stuff with friends, um, I dropped an episode uh, of, of the podcast back when it was called Life School uh, of, of a teaching that I had given, almost a sermon, if you will, but like a teaching I had given uh, at a conference, uh, and um and it was really popular, and it went over really well. And I thought, wow, that was kind of an easy week for us, but I was surprised that you all loved it. And so then last summer, we did a two-parter, something very similar, where it was something I had spoken live, and uh, that was also very popular. So I thought, you know what? Here we are, mid-July. I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, that's almost like a tradition. Let me Let me see what's, you know... What would be wonderful and good and good for you? And so I'm going to share with you today part one and then next week part two of a message um, really that is so foundational to making disciples and rightly motivating people. Um, and if you've ever wondered why like so many Christians seem to have such apathy around discipleship or making disciples or even just you know being outward focused with others, uh, this Today and, and especially next week's message are really going to help you understand that and help you to change their motivations with the gospel. We're going to be looking at uh, how, how God saves us today, the power of the gospel. There's two different lenses, the power of the gospel we're going to look at today, and then we're going to look at, well, why does God save us? Is there, is there a purpose of the gospel? And there's actually two different lenses we have to look through to really see the fullness of the gospel, kind of like a, a 3D movie, right? You need both lenses. Anyway, I don't want to kind of give away too much of where I'm going, but I think you're going to really enjoy this, and it's definitely something like this is all one message, but it's a little long for an episode of the Everyday Disciple podcast, so I go ahead and split it into two, but uh, listen to this, uh, and I will be back uh, at, after, after a little piece of the live here, and I'll give you a few thoughts, and I'll give you the big three for the day. As we started journeying down this road and, like I said, making a lot of mistakes, a, a few years back, the Spirit of God, I believe, led us to ask ourselves as leaders. One day, I remember sitting around the living room as, as a bunch of leaders, and we said, um, hey, what is the gospel? Like, let's, are we all on the same page with this? Like, would we even articulate the gospel just like the, there was maybe six of us on the lead, leadership team at that point? Would we even, the six of us, give the same answer if someone was to ask us, hey, like, what's the gospel? And, um, and the, what prompted that was just about a month prior to that meeting, Jeff and I had been doing some teaching on missional communities and gospel life and all that in uh, Eastern Europe. And we were in Romania at the time. And we asked a group of pastors, not this many, but there was probably 50 pastors in a room. And we asked that same question. We said, what's the gospel? I mean, what's the gospel that Jesus Christ claimed proclaiming he gave his life for that I'm guessing you're all given your life for? And they had come much like you in teams, twos, threes, fives. And I said, here, I'll tell you what, I'll give you two minutes. It shouldn't take longer than that because you've given your whole life to it. You guys just powwow, come up with your, like, what is the gospel? And then we'll all report back. It should be the same thing. 
Well, we did that, and we went around the room, and each team reported back what the gospel was. And this was crazy, I swear to God. None of them said the same thing. Not one of their descriptions mentioned Jesus or sin or a cross or rescue or any of this. It was crazy, the answers they gave. And it's not just because they were in Eastern Europe or something. I mean, these guys were, they were pastors. They were trained. They, they had been through seminary. And, and so we came home and we started asking ourselves this same question. What is the gospel? And then, is it, is it a list of facts or is it happening? Is the gospel still happening? Or is it a list of facts that add up to some really good news about something that happened? And then we'll leave it at that and get busy, get back to the business of church being the church, doing church stuff. And so, I, 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 don't, I don't assume that you don't all know the gospel. Our network is formed and built around only a few small things, and gospel centrality, by God's grace, is one of them, and has really grown in this network in the last five years. And I'm super thankful for that. So I don't assume that you don't know the gospel, but, but, but what I do want to share in this first session is, what we've realized is that unless we give people clear definitions and handles, they won't really get it, and they won't be able to reproduce it, i.e. make disciples who make disciples. Now, in its shortest form, we've borrowed this from Keller, we would say the gospel is that God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Super clean, I really love that. There's a lot of them out there. Ed Stetzer's got a list of those. I'll say it again. The gospel is that God himself has come to rescue and renew creation in and through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Ultimately, it's all about Jesus. But we learned, uh, we learned like I said, we learned early on that your average person sitting in church in America does not articulate well to themselves first, to their family, to their community, to the, to the lost amongst them in the city. They don't, really, they don't really know how to articulate the gospel. See, here, here's what we ultimately do, and, and there's been a big wave of trying to hip up our language and have cooler translations and all that, and I'm thankful for it, but often we still preach the gospel as a tag at the end of a message instead of the whole thing, and we often still preach and teach in ways that are not reproducible by our people. They're not. A friend of mine used to do this. He used to say like, to a room of pastors, I should just try this right now, but I'll, I'll save us the pain. How many of you were in the pulpit, say, three weeks ago? And in this particular illustration, he said like, there was about 100 pastors, and it was September, so everybody was back home, and all 100 pastors are in the pulpit. How many of you could just fill in from your own sermon three weeks ago just the fill in the blanks from the outline sheet? You know, not the whole thing, but just to fill in the blank parts. I mean, it was your sermon. You prepped the heck out of that sucker. 10, 20, some of you more, uh, 30 hours. You preached it from your heels. You preached your guts out. Maybe multiple times. And, and maybe four or five hands out of 100 would go up where they could fill in the blanks of their own sermon. Well, how, how much better do you think your people are going to do then? They didn't write it. They didn't preach it. And see, and we educate our people with lots of big doctrinal words and lots of big theological words and understanding and concepts. And over time, they get it. It's very disconnected from everyday life, but they do get it. But they intrinsically know that they 
couldn't really talk about it in that language to their neighbor or to the guy at work, the water cooler, and so they don't try. They don't try. In other words, they go like, hey, I've been sitting in a pulpit for 10 years, you know, pulpit teaching, or for 30 years I've been going to this church with this rocking preacher, seriously, and he really is. And let's just say I've, un- I've come to understand how to speak, you know, French, but all my neighbors speak Spanish. And so I don't really know how to translate that stuff I understand into Spanish for them. So I just don't. And it actually makes it kind of hard to apply to the everyday. That's kind of what's happening. And so if we don't work really hard at giving our people handles to the gospel, if, if what we preach stops at the hearer and, and can't go beyond us, then we're kind of fooling ourselves. Because the, the command, the, the commission, the only mission that the missional church, the church, capital C, period, has ever been given is to go and make disciples. And if our people can't reproduce our teaching, our equipping, they can't reproduce the gospel, we're fooling ourselves. So we've got to give people handles. That's what I want to share with you in this first session is just some of the handles, some of the ways we've begun to articulate the gospel in ways that we've found very helpful and people are able to reproduce and remember and apply it to their hearts. Okay, so maybe this is new, maybe this is not, okay? Now, what I want to suggest is right away that there's, there's two gospel lenses that we need to look at to get a full gospel. There's sort of two perspectives of the gospel that we need to bring into some cool tension today that's going to give us a bigger picture and provide some of those handles for, for ourselves and for others to do. The first one is let's, let's look at the gospel sort of cross-grain or topically, okay? Topically. We can go to this first. You can pull this up. Go to the next slide here. We get some more of that. Yeah, there we go. We can look at it sort of like thematically, okay? And here we, we come to the power of the gospel. This is nothing new to us. We, we understand the means of salvation, God, okay, he's eternal, all-powerful, the creator of everything. No problem there. Sin, all have sinned. The penalty of sin is death. Okay? And God, you know, all humanity has chosen sin and self-rule over submission and relationship to God. Okay? Then Jesus, he died as a substitute for the penalty of all of humanity's sins. And then it's by faith... In what Jesus did, not by any effort of our own, then we receive that forgiveness and and that that restoration, right? That's the power of the gospel right there. And in this case, the good news is that God is completely aware of our sin problem, okay? He's completely aware of our sin problem, and in and through the work of Jesus, he accepts us and he changes us by the power of the Spirit, that's the power of the gospel. Paul said it this way in Romans 1, right, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So there's faith again. To, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith. For faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. The power of God for salvation. Okay? So when we by faith repent... 
right? We, we sort of bring our minds into alignment with God. We, we finally get to the point of believing God, in fact, is God. I'm not God. I'm, I will not be the one who now decides right and wrong, good and evil. I will not manage the knowledge of good and evil for myself. God, you were the one created to do that. When we repent, when we come into alignment with that, right, then we, we believe that what's happened on the cross is true. We, we receive this forgiveness. We receive this. Okay, justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now, none of this sounds new to us. This, this, the power of the gospel, we have presented it this way or some variation of this many, many times in our lives. This is not new. We've handed this out on countless street corners in crumpled up green little booklets and tell people this is the most important thing in the world. That's why I'm giving you it in a little crumpled up green booklet. (laughs) So here it is. That is truly the power of God to set us free. But do you believe, okay, do you, men and women, brothers here, do you really believe that in your own heart? Do you believe you were saved by God's work and not your own? Our lives often betray a different story. Do you still believe you have to do more to be saved from God's wrath and loved as God's child. Let me take it down a little further. Do you work hard at religious activity to be accepted and feel loved by God? Do you work tirelessly at your job in order to gain significance or sort of security in that job? And and for many of you, most of us, that's within a church. Do you work tirelessly at that? Is your life consumed with church work and secretly you're earning something? What happens when you disobey God? Like we all sin. What happens when you, when you sin? Do you live with guilt and shame? Do you beat yourself up sort of endlessly over that? I can't believe I did that. Like I can't believe I'm such a sinner in need of grace. Or do you quickly go to the cross and receive again the power of the gospel? And receive that grace. How's your yoke these days doing, man? See, we, we, we believe this is the power of the gospel to set us free, but many of us are walking around and came in here today with some super freaking heavy yokes. I was just at the Exponential Conference teaching last week, and like session after session, People, as they asked questions, and we talked about it, people were carrying huge, ginormous yokes, trying to plant churches, trying to get growth, trying to get their people on mission, trying to get their family, their wives on mission, to get themselves on mission. They had these giant yokes. If your yoke is heavy and it's killing you, it's not not Jesus' yoke. Jesus says his yoke is easy, it's light, because he's carrying it. He's going to carry it. Do you believe the power of the gospel? Do you believe your child is forgiven, that you're justified by Jesus' work? Do you really? Okay? But see, the good news is even better than that. The good news of the power of the gospel to save is even better than that. See, we can go to the next slide. The truth is, and this is how we like to help people understand the gospel is, is in all things, we, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. That's, that's justification, okay? And that's where we usually 
at least the way I was raised and preached for years, that's primarily where we focus our gospel power message on. In other words, when we say, hey, you know what, good news, so-and-so got saved this weekend. What do you mean by that? Well, they, they put their trust in Christ for the first time this weekend. Which part of their life? Like every part of their life, instantly? I wish that would happen to me. I got, I got countless areas of crap and muck that I still, I'm trying to hold on and be God over. Justification. See, we have been, when we put our faith in Christ alone, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. But here's where it gets better. We're being saved from the power of sin. Right? We're being saved from the power of sin. That's sanctification. How you doing at your view of sexuality and purity? Is it being saved by the gospel? How you doing at giving, finances, child rearing, career advancement, work, inner peace, ability to accept? How's, are you being saved by the gospel? See, this work, this work of the gospel, this is what sanctification is all about. Sanctification is not not believing in the power of the gospel and then working to be better Christians. That was the Galatian problem. If we really believe in the power of the gospel, then we begin to submit every area of our life. That's what a disciple is. A person that is walking in such a way that every area of their life is now being submitted to the gospel. In fact, you're intentionally walking so that you have to. I can't hide anymore. I'm living in a community that won't let me get away with it in this, that, or the other area anymore. It's all being brought under the gospel. Sanctification is discipleship. Sanctification's not just working it out, not just working harder. It's the renewing of the mind. It's the renewing of our hearts. It's, it's the gospel being worked out. And... Okay, and we will be saved from the presence of sin. We will be saved from the presence of sin. Our justification by Christ leads to our sanctification by the Spirit. That's glorification. When that happens, we look like Christ. That's glorification. When we start to glorify, to manifest the hidden value, reality of who God is, that's glorification. So this is why the power of the gospel is even bigger than just four spiritual flaws or, or, or even just our thematical presentation of it. It is huge. We've been saved, we're being saved, and we'll be saved. It is really good news. Are we preaching it that way? Are we preaching it that way? Are we giving people a big understanding of the whole story and how God's redemptive work has always been at work in Christ and still is today? So people see their lives caught up into this amazing and ongoing trajectory of the gospel. Or do we preach it in such a way to get a decision? I don't know, I can't find that in scripture. Or get them to say a Jesus in my heart prayer. Can't find that in the book. And, and, and primarily their gospel was about their justification, their sin problem in the past. And then we tell them, but everything else has been forgiven, so don't worry about it. Now go work hard. And we call people then up to their highest level of Christian service would be to ush, <laughs> to be an usher or a freaking greeter or something. 
Okay? And this starts to lead us, this starts to lead us some of the next stuff. See, God in Christ has given us both this amazing message, this amazing good news, okay, the of message of reconciliation, the gospel power, but he's also given us the ministry of reconciliation, a gospel purpose. See, we have this amazing gospel power. This is the other lens we've got to help our people see. Gospel purpose. The gospel has a purpose for our lives. It just doesn't save us and leave us there. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 19. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, and he is committed to us, this message of reconciliation. Ephesians 2.10 then says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do our folks know that they have good works prepared in advance for them to do? That's what the gospel purpose is. And that good works probably is not ushering or handing out flyers at the door or just working in children's ministry or doing everything in our box. Do they realize their purpose is so much bigger than that? All right, that is some super foundational stuff right there. It really, really is. And that might even be something you have to think back over a little bit. Um, are you, how often are you proclaiming the gospel? Are you fully believing the gospel? Hey, as always, I, I want to uh, I wanna leave you with some big takeaways. We call it the big three, right, from today's topic. And if nothing else, you don't want to miss these things, kind of boiling down some big sort of head, heart, hands aspects of this. And as always, you can get it as a printable PDF as well, what, what I'm about to say. And you can download that by going to everydaydisciple.com big three. There'll be part two of this as well, a second big three next week. But let me, let me just leave you with these big three things. First is the power of the gospel is what sets us free from sin and secures our relationship with God. The power of the gospel. And it's through faith alone in Christ's completed work that we're set free from the penalty of sin and increasingly released from the power of sin in our life and one day removed completely from the presence of all sin and destruction. That is really good news. And we need to hear that, and people need to hear that. We need to proclaim that really, really often. The second, when by faith we repent, right? Don't miss this from today's message. When we repent, in other words, our mind is really made up about who God really is and that he's really God in my life, and we believe, which means we accept that what God has said and done is true and sufficient, then we have the forgiveness of our sins. Justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Did you catch, did you catch that? Justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. And then we have a new life by and in the Spirit, we were spiritually dead, but now we're alive in Christ by his spirit. Don't miss that. <laughs> That's big. I know these are heavy things today uh, on the podcast. Okay, and then third, this is sort of where kind of the rubber starts to meet the road. Uh, to see where you might still be suffering from unbelief in regards to the fullness of the gospel and Christ's completed work, you know, in your own life, ask yourself these diagnostic questions. Do you still believe you have to do more to be saved from God's wrath and loved as God's child. Is there anything lurking back there where you feel like there's some cleaning up you need to do in your life or whatever? Well, if so, then you're not fully believing in the power of the gospel and Christ's completed work alone. Here's another diagnostic question. When you work hard at religious activities, do you feel a little more loved and accepted by God than if you didn't? Be honest. 
<laughs> you feel like God's a little more happy with you when you work hard at religious stuff and at maybe your job at church or whatever? Well, then there might be some gospel unbelief still lurking around in there. Here's another question. Do you work tirelessly at your job in order to gain significance and sort of status and then provide security for yourself and your family? If that's how you feel, then there's still some unbelief about the completed work of Christ. And then how about this one? What happens when you disobey God? Do you live with guilt and shame for a while? Do you beat yourself up until you can get a little distance between you and that last sin? And then maybe double down on your quiet times and all that? (laughs) And then you can feel a little closer to God? Or do you immediately go to the cross and receive the grace of the gospel? These are some good questions to ask ourselves to see how much we are practically believing the gospel and living it out. So if you're being honest here, you probably have a little bit of unbelief in the full power of the gospel still lurking in your heart. I know I do. Some of these things still creep back in. Ask the Spirit to reveal the truth so that you can increasingly live in light of this good news and power of the gospel. All right. Well, that's enough for today. Again, uh, you want to join me next week for part two, where we're going to look at the purpose of the gospel. In other words, why we've been saved. And this is the part of the message and the part of the understanding of just how big the gospel is that is often left off in a lot of churches and a lot of gospel messages or explanations. Okay, The purpose of the gospel and why we've been saved. You don't want to miss that. You'll love it, and it's really important that you have this second lens and understanding the gospel if you want to see disciples of Jesus making more disciples of Jesus. All right? So we'll see you back here next week for that second part of the the power and the purpose of the gospel. In other words, how we're saved and why we're saved. All right? We'll see you later. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day.